When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. You're about to slosh all over your boobs, by the way. It won't be the first time. (laughs) Call me old sloshy boobs. Hello. Welcome. To True Crimes. Against Wine. We're back again today. I am Topher. Yes, Topher is our wine expert extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. This is Rachel. Yes. Rachel is going to be talking all about our celebrity and stacking up the evidence against that person. Yes. All right. You ready to get into it? I'm so ready. Okay. Here is our bottle. Fantastic. It is a screw top. Yes. We get lucky with that a lot, actually. I think we, we do. only really had a couple that were not screw caps. I don't remember at this point, but sure. Who can say? (laughs) There's no way to know. I'm just going to pour tastes for us for a second, and then you'll see why. I thought Topher was getting really stingy with me for a minute. I was like, damn it. We all know how you handle your alcohol. Lovely. I'm perfect. (laughs) So today we have uh, another red blend from California. Okay. Um, I don't know specifically in California where it's from. It just said like the northern coast. So it probably, they're gathering grapes from a lot of different places. Okay. You know? It's like Sonoma now, but yeah, that general you know, area. That, yeah. Okay. And I do know what the blend is though. So it's predominantly Zinfandel, which we've not ever done before. Uh, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. And then it's cut with some Syrah and Petite Syrah as Ooh. well. Um, so Zinfandel is actually native to Europe. Okay. And uh, I'm going to let you guess. <laughs> no. How, like when when the first Zinfandel grapes were, were planted and, and turned into wine. 1890. Oh, in Europe? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, older. But um, that would be correct for the uh, U.S. I was going to say California, like 1890s yeah. or so. Yeah, they did bring them over in the late 1800s. Okay, I was thinking like after gold rush yeah. time, people were like, oh, we can grow grapes here too. Yeah, so you can't that. have a celebratory sip yet, but we're going to stack that so that you get an extra celebratory sip. Can I get a sip. celebratory sniff? You can't have it. That sounds so creepy. It does. I love it. Celebratory sniff. <laughs> not snort. <laughs> we so were not like, supposed to snort. She's like mainlining this shit. <laughs> All right, I'll do delicate lady sniff. <laughs> okay, what was your original question? We're off question? to a great start here. When okay. in Europe were the first uh, Zinfandel grapes um, I'm going to say 880. Oh, you are very off. Okay. 6,000 BCE. Okay, I was off. These very are much 8,000 year old grape varietal. Isn't that Dang, grapes. I know. Look at you. Yeah, talk about old vines in, am I right? Yeah. Well, you only get that if you're a wine nerd. Yeah, I didn't get it. Okay. Um, We'll (laughs) talk more about that later. Let's get into the wine itself and we'll talk about the grapes later. Did you get anything from your giant (laughs) sniff that's basically, it's all around you? No. You got a little, you got a little want, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, okay. I was too caught up in the physicality <laughs> of the sniff to really appreciate what I was smelling. I, I love the physical comedy aspect of our podcast. It's really that great. no one else can see. <laughs> Man, we would do so great live, though. We really would. Okay. You can sponsor a live show if anybody wants Absolutely. To. Okay, I'm going to say I'm smelling some cherry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Are you asking for more? Because that's all I got. <laughs> I am asking for more. I'm going to ask you to dig a little bit deeper. Oh, right. Cherry. Okay. 
Anything that's not cherry related. Okay, maybe some plum. Okay. Are you getting anything that's not necessarily fruit? I mean, I smell a little bit of like the detergent residue on my wine glass. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> what are you asking me for? I can't so deliver. I'm, I'm getting old leather, like leather bound book. Oh, okay. Kind of. Hmm. Very sophisticated. Yeah. This is a very well-read wine, I think. I'm not getting that smell, Okay, but I trust you on that. That's like, like the predominant thing that I'm getting. Really? Like the cherries is like a background, yeah. Okay, I like that vision that you have of this wine in their study. Yeah, wearing like a smoking jacket. Exactly. Spectacles. Yeah. There's a roaring fire. Of course. An Irish big, hound yes. is lounge. Yeah. There's a big armchair. Yes. It's gently raining outside. Yes. Okay. This is a very genteel wine, really. Yes. So far. Let's taste it. Can yes. we? Yes. Okay. Mm. Oh, that's that's nice. It's very mellow. It is. It's more mellow than I thought. Yeah. From the, the smell especially. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to have like a sharp tang on the front end. Yeah. It doesn't. It's, mm -mm. it's smooth. It's rich and smooth mm -hmm. and just chill. Yeah. I like it. It's very good. Yeah. The, okay. It definitely has those fruit notes. I can like lush dark cherry. Okay. See? Mm -hmm. See? No, I, you were spot on with the cherry. <laughs> A little vanilla, maybe some cocoa. I'm not getting that. Let me sip more. Mm -mm. No, I'm not getting it, but I believe you. Okay. <laughs> I believe that your palate is much better than mine, so sure. I appreciate that, considering that that is my education and that vocation. It's your area of expertise. <laughs> I will defer to you on this thing that you've studied for years. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Shall we talk about the bottle? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to muffle my scream when okay. you announce who this is okay. Let me set my i know because it's the you can't see the bottle and not know so okay so our bottle in very large letters on the front says the keaton michael <laughs> keaton no <laughs> diane keaton <laughs> i'm so excited yes this is our wine this is amazing okay do you see what this says on the front it says robust red wine blend must serve on ice try it Okay. Tell me your thoughts. I have thoughts. Okay. First of all, I don't know that I would classify this as a robust red blend. Okay. That's it is fair. it is very mellow. Yeah. And I don't true. mean that in like a that's not a disparaging comment. It's no, a, no, no. I love a delightful, mellow red yeah. blend. I'm just I'm taking issue with the adjective they okay. use to describe it. So robust was problem one. Next problem. Yeah. Next problem. Any wine over ice makes me cringe, but red wine over ice. But here's okay. the deal. it She does go into it a little bit on the back of the okay. bottle. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it says, My Story by Diane Keaton. <laughs> this is how I like my wine. Grab a lowball glass, fill it with lots of ice, pour until all the ice is covered with my robust red wine. <laughs> then Enjoy. It tastes just as good without ice, too. So there is that clause. Okay. Um, I'm glad she gives us that out. Yeah. It also says at the bottom, the Keaton is a celebration of life. Dare to be the first. The first, first what? what? <laughs> yeah. The first person to put wine on ice the and like it? The first lady of the United States. Oh, yes. Yeah. I am going to be willing to give that a try. So we're going to send Fact Checker to go grab us. Get some us. ice. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to try this okay. because if it's good enough for Diane Keaton, it's good enough for us to at least try. Sure. Dare, dare to try it. Dare we to will be the first. dare. We will yeah. dare. But I'm very excited to do this episode okay. today. Well, let's pause while Fact Checker gets us some ice. We can keep talking. It's fine. 
or we can keep going. <laughs> I'm going to sip some more on this. Okay, note. yeah. Let's sip it. Mm. And you have a celebratory sip that you're owed, mm. so. Okay. You also have a know you're wrong sip. And I'm going to make you sip again just for that snort that you did. Okay. <laughs> when Fact Checker comes back, I will tell you one little fun fact about Diane Keaton. Just one today. That's all just, we're doing. That's, I, I kept it easy on my part today. Yeah. And honestly, there's not that much to talk about with Diane Keaton. Like, nobody really even knows who she is. No, she's an unknown. Okay. All right. Oh, Lord. So I would say just fill it like halfway because we don't want to waste wine here. This feels very wrong. It does, doesn't it? It feels like a drunk decision. It does. I actually have something to say about that little story about Fact Checker. When he and I first got together, Mm -hmm. we were out at a dive bar with some friends of his. And Mm -hmm. they are already drunk. They've, you know, had their shots of whiskey and their beers and all that. And all of a sudden they're like, let's do wine bombs. And I'm like, what the fuck is a wine bomb? So you have to do it in a dive bar, first of all. Okay. And you ask them for their, I don't know why they always say their cheapest wine because it's a dive bar. It's usually, do you want a red or do you want a white? If they have wine at all, you know. But basically what they do is they take a pint glass, fill it with ice, and then fill that with wine. Okay. And then chug it. Oh, with a straw. You have to suck it all. It's also like if you're tilting it back and trying, you're getting a face full of wine ice. (laughs) Wine ice. Yeah. So you drink it through the straw as fast as you can all in one go, basically. And then whoever drains their glass first wins. So, you know. Wins what? (laughs) Not a damn thing except a headache. So they put mine in front of me and they're all just going for it. And I'm like, "Mm -mm." I'm just over here sipping on my gin with my... (laughs) wine bomb in front of me it's the most ridiculous thing don't do it at home or do and send us videos of it yeah send us a picture all right cheers. all right cheers let's try this okay it's not bad it's not terrible but it also just feels very unnecessary it feels yeah, it does feel unnecessary i will say dang keaton has said that this is her favorite drink red wine on ice and she's done it like on talk shows before wow okay Where she's pulled out like her bottle of wine Gotten a glass of ice, poured the wine into the cup, and just drank it. Here's the thing. Diane Keaton Which, is a quirky gal. We is. all know this, yep. and that's part of her brand. Mm-hmm. And so I'm willing to, let's go with it. That's that's fine. It's not, it almost reminds me of like a cherry Coke. Like mm. a really cold cherry Coke. Yeah, you're right. But I don't, it feels wrong. It does. And honestly, we've talked about this in some of our mini-sodes that the temperature of the wine is very important. Yes. And when things are super chilled, you can't taste them yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And with red wine, especially, that's why you're drinking it at a warmer temperature right. is you can really get the nuances of the flavor. So I think that this does a disservice to the wine because I think I it agree. is more complex than... Than what you're getting with the ice. Yeah. 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 However, if that's how Diane Keaton likes to drink her wine, then good on her. You know, Diane, live your life. That's right. I don't agree with this choice. <laughs> your lifestyle choice. Yeah, I've got issues with it. The Bible says no wine and ice, though. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, it's an abomination. All right, do you want to finish this and we get back to our regular wine? Yeah, should we okay. Should we wine bomb it? Yes. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I don't like That was it. a bad idea. I don't like wine bombing. I don't like it either. Let's not do that again. Uh-uh. Oh, she's going for it again. I'm just going to sip on this. I said, like, don't do it again. And I was like, okay, again. <laughs> Glutton oh, for man, punishment. I don't listen to myself. All right, let's talk about, I'm putting that to the side. Yeah. Let's talk about Diane Keaton. Let's talk about Diane Keaton. So what do you know Diane Keaton from? Okay. 
here's the thing about this. As per usual, I okay. don't know anything about her personal life. However, okay. There is nothing that Diane Keaton is in that I will not watch. If I find out she's in something, okay. it's an automatic sell for me. Like, yes. Okay. So obviously, I know that she got her start with Annie Hall, which I've only seen like the first 15 minutes of it. And then we're I gonna, We're going to talk about Annie Hall yeah. and all her movies with Woody Allen. So don't worry. Yeah. I know her more recently from First Wives Club from the 90s, yes. which is one of my favorite movies. And talk about First a stellar Wives cast. Club. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to get into yeah. more of that. Also, around that same time, maybe a little bit earlier, Baby Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great movie. Obviously, The Family Stone. Mm-hmm. Father of the Bride yes. is a great, mm-hmm. oh God, another great cast. Yeah. She's in a lot of those films from the 90s that are very nostalgic for me. Just kind yes. of like fun, feel good. Like comfort movies. Yeah, comfort movies. Like yeah. chicken soup movies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she always plays that fun, quirky, uptight, but accepting sort of mm-hmm. mom mm-hmm. figure, which obviously endears me to her. Like I, I would just love to have an evening with Diane Keaton when I'm struggling with something. I just feel like that would be so cathartic and comforting. What if she had to drink her wine like this and made you drink your wine like I this? I would be willing to make that sacrifice. Okay, you would accept it. Yeah, okay, I would. all right. Well, that's high praise, Diane Keaton, mm-hmm. coming from Topher. <laughs> <laughs> I just love her. Diane, I love you. She is. She does seem you. really You're wonderful. Sweet. Also, style icon. Yes. Which I'm sure we'll get into with the Annie Hall stuff, too. Yes, yeah. for sure. So she was born January 5th, 1946 in California as oh, Diane wow. Hall. So she's about to be 80 in a few years. Nope, she's about to be 76. Yeah, so 80 in a few years. In a few years, yes. Not next year, in a few years. Um, also, her birthday's coming up. Yeah, so happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, which I'm sure it will actually be past your birthday by the time this airs, but... You can time travel, Diane King. Right? You do what you want. It can be your birthday all year long. That's right. She started acting in high school and went to college to study acting, but she dropped out and she went to New York City where she was trying to pursue a career there on okay. stage. That's pretty par for the course. Mm-hmm. While she was there, she changed her name to Diane Keaton because Diane Hall was already taken as like a stage name. She got Keaton out because it was her mom's maiden name. Okay. So that's where she Any got Any relation to Michael Keaton? Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We'll talk about that later on, too. Her first big role was starring on Broadway in a musical. This isn't your cross-examination, but just guess okay. which one. Annie. No, that would be so cute, though. 1968. 1968? Mm-hmm. Was it a new musical? Like, was At she... that time, yeah. Okay. And so it's she now was... become an iconic musical. Okay. She was in the original production. The original production of Cabaret. Nope. One more guess before I tell you. Mm. Or you can quit. Oliver. No, hair. Oh, yeah. that's actually one that I've never seen. Yeah, you've heard songs from oh, her. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, definitely know songs from it. Yeah. I didn't realize that she was a singer. Ish. Okay. <laughs> she has done some singing in her career, but she doesn't describe herself as having like a good voice. Mm-hmm. Which I think is probably not true. I think she's, I mean, we saw the scene from First Wives Club. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think was like a vocal showcase necessarily. It was. Well, not for her, for Bette Midler. Well, yeah. Every song's a vocal showcase for Bette Midler. Of (laughs) course. Oh, God. And then they're matching white suits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was her first big role. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I love that she got her start on Broadway. That's really cool. I know. Isn't that really cool? Woody Allen 
saw her perform because she was in here for like nine months Wow. as part of the ensemble. She didn't have like a major role, but she was part of the cast performing and he took notice of her. And that's how like their partnership in film started. Okay. Which let's just say Woody Allen is a shitbag of a person. Yeah. Yeah. Just throw it out there. However, it's hard to ignore his impact on film and especially his yeah. impact on her roles that she's had because that is where she really got her early mm-hmm. start was in his movies. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have to talk was, about it. Yeah. Was Annie Hall the first? No, it wasn't. She was in several Woody Allen movies beginning in the 70s and then carried on a couple through like the 80s and 90s, but mostly in the 70s with Played Against Sam, Sleeper, Love and Death, Interiors, Manhattan and the Manhattan Murder Mysteries which was like 93 or something, early 90s. Hmm. But Annie Hall was in 77. Okay. And she won her Oscar for Annie Hall. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So I've heard, obviously, a lot about Annie Hall. I know it's kind of an iconic film. Mm And also, it was touted as a comedy. But I... Ish. Yeah. I watched the first 15, maybe 20 minutes, and I just could not get into it. And I felt so bad turning it off, but... eh. It just wasn't grabbing me. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to go and watch any Woody Allen movies. Like, I'm just not going to do it at this point. I have seen some, and, like, you saw bits and pieces of Annie Hall, but I was like, I'm not going to go back and watch. I'm not going to yeah. give him any of my money, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Viewership. Don't know. Yeah. Not going to do it. But things about Annie Hall, like the wardrobe, was certainly yes. very iconic. Yes. So she... I mean, obviously, people in history have done that sort of gender bending fashion. However, she really mainstreamed it with that. She did. She Um, wore a lot of like vintage men's clothing mm -hmm. for that. And that really made her a style icon starting in the late 70s. I almost wonder if that was not written into the character, but something that she added to it because she has kept that style her entire life. Like she's known for wearing men's trousers, kind of. In, in a very, like, Audrey Hepburn, or not Audrey Hepburn, Catherine, Catherine Hepburn, Hepburn. Uh, sort of way, too. Yes. Yeah. Which is interesting you brought up Catherine Hepburn because she has said that Catherine Hepburn is one of her icons. Love that. She loves her. Yeah. I yeah. can totally see that. It's funny, too, Some because... faces, too, I think. Yeah. A few years ago, one of my good friends, we were drinking together and talking about fashion and, mm-hmm. and stuff, and they have a very feminine fashion. They do drag and things mm-hmm. like that. And we were talking about how, like, I don't do drag but i wear a lot of things that are they were designed for women i Mm -hmm. don't believe that clothing has a gender obviously i think that's stupid but it was designed for women but i'll mix it up and wear that with like menswear too and my friend was like all of a sudden like oh my god your style is a reverse annie hall and i was like yeah that's so true it's andy hall (laughs) like (laughs) yeah i can see that that's the perfect description for your style yeah Yeah, the wardrobe in Annie Hall, a lot of that was from Diane Keaton, like her kind of personal things. I really like it when productions do that. Like I know in Sex and the City, they pulled in a lot of things that were Sarah Jessica Parker's actual clothing or furniture that she found on the street was like in her apartment and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's really cool because it helps the actor get into that character you know i think that it affects their performance right i think it makes the character more real and mm-hmm. fleshed out yeah you know than just what's on the script for sure but with annie hall a lot of it the character annie hall was based on diane keaton her actual last name is hall yeah so i picked hall up part, on that yeah. yeah and a nickname of hers is annie from diane 
I was wondering about that. Yeah, so that Annie Hall is really kind of referencing her. Gotcha. And a lot of that film is inspired by her relationship with Woody Allen and kind of the on again, off again nature of that relationship. Did they have a romantic relationship? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the good news about that was that their romantic relationship was very early on before any of the ickiness came out about Woody Allen. And she was very young. As was he, I guess. So. So Age whatever, yeah. We all we Good all do in things. That regard. Yeah, we all do things when we're younger, and then sure. find out. Yeah, that's fine. Sure, that's fine. Yeah, but they they were together in the early seventies. Gotcha. It's interesting that this iconic role you mention is more an homage to her as a person. Mm-hmm. Because I was talking with Fact Checker about this recently. We were watching some Diane Keaton movie, and I don't remember what it was. And I made this comment, and I want this to be taken. I don't mean this as a an insult or a slur or anything like that. She always plays herself, herself yes. in movies. She's not like a Meryl Streep where it's like Meryl Streep will completely become unrecognizable. Like morph into this other person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She always plays herself. And she I does. think that's one of the reasons that she's so well loved is the consistency of, and like I said, I will not not watch anything that Diane Keaton's in because I know that there's a comfort factor. Well, I, I'm going to call you out on your statement. Okay. Because there is one, well, a few films that you won't watch with Diane Keaton, even though I've tried to make you. Really? And you've just flat out refused over. I don't, that doesn't sound like me. I, I think it does. You're very contrary. <laughs> The Godfather. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to watch that. (laughs) Take a sip for proving my point. (laughs) So actually, she was really well known, still is, for like playing these kind of kooky people, which is very much like her real life persona. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take off my clothes real quick. Sorry. The sweater is extremely hot. Okay. This is going to be complicated. Keep talking. Keep talking. No, I'll wait. I'm enthralled. It's hard because there's shoulder pads and a whole... Thank you, Fat It's a whole checker. situation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, wardrobe department. Oh, you have wardrobe? Yeah, you don't? No. Oh, man. Can you not tell from my... I guess that's why I get top billing. <gasps> Rude. We might start that cross-examination. Speaking of top billing, okay. I just want to point out to our listenership uh-huh. that when we came over to your studio, yes. you greeted us with a lovely underboob <laughs> view because you'd missed a button on your flannel shirt. <laughs> No, I didn't I miss think... a button. It pops open. Oh, like yeah. just surprise. I'm here. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why. That's I what happens when you busty. You that's know, why I can't do button up tops for work mm. because they will just open. And that and is not appropriate that... for a professional setting. No. So I save it for my home life. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> on the other hand, you could possibly get more raises. I'm not saying that sexism in the workplace is OK, but it works. But I am saying that sometimes. Use it to your advantage. That's right. Cheers. All right. So let's talk about sexism in the workplace with Diane Keaton. Mm. All right. So Godfather. Yes. When she was cast in The Godfather, that was kind of going against the character she had been playing up until that point. Okay. And part of it was like. What she, year was that? Remind me. It was in the 70s, 72 right? 72 was the okay. first Godfather. Okay. Yeah. So very early on, but yeah. she had already started to gain this reputation as the kooky one. So her being cast in The Godfather was really going against that because she was playing a very serious role. Mm. And she's really kind of the only, well, maybe one of two, like, really only notable female characters in those films, The Godfather yeah. 1 and 2. Because the female characters are more, they, well, they are. But they're good movies. They're worth watching. 
And I think you should give it a try sometime. Okay, it's just so long. It's such a time investment. We can make it a drinking game. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Christmas drinking game. Yes. All right. Okay, so we can do that. So she was in both of those and talked about how she felt a little out of place as like the only woman in a room full of men. Yeah. Not that she said anybody like mistreated her, would like talk down to her or anything like that. Well, and because of the casting, it was very powerful. Yeah. Men with like a huge presence. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like huge names at the time. Yeah. She and Al Pacino briefly dated. Interesting. Interesting. They also had like an on again, off again. Okay. Relationship. Um, All right. Filming the Godfather movies. Get it, girl. All right. I know. But after Godfather 3 in like 91, 2, early 90s, whatever, she's like, we're done. <laughs> or he was like, we're done. I don't know. But at that point, Al Pacino has started to go a little wacky with yeah. his acting role choices. <laughs> Fair. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need a top up. Okay. Let's top you up with the Keaton. Thoughts on the ice? I'm... Uh, it's not going to be something that I repeat. I'm glad that we tried it. <laughs> That's the nicest way to say it. it's not good. <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking okay. of reviewing things, <gasps> okay. someone that we've spoken about before has actually made Zinfandel one of their studies. Like it's their kind of their specialty. Ooh. Our good old friend, Chances Robinson. Chances. You remember Chances? Yes. The wine advisor to the Queen of England? Yes. Yeah. So I love that like little throwback tie-in. Chances uh, is all about the Zinfandel. She loves it. Jancis she can't get enough of it. still sounds like a fake name. She's a real person. I can prove it. I believe you, but I think her parents were messing with her when they named her. Messing with her. <laughs> like, we're going to prank this dumb baby. Chances. <laughs> this baby don't know any better. That's right. Wouldn't you prank a baby with a name if you had oh, one? I totally would. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to name your child. Mmm, Curtin. Curtin? No middle name? No. Nope. Some one word kind no, of name? yeah. Okay. It'll be the share of its generation. Exactly. What would you name your baby? Ficus. <laughs> I love that we both just like looked at the... <laughs> <laughs> we looked at things we immediately saw and named it. <laughs> cheers uh, to that. Cheers to our creativity. Will they be enemies or friends? Little mm. Curtin and Little Ficus. Frenemies, for sure. Oh, yeah. It'll be a, definitely like a Blair Serena okay. sort of. They'll be friendly, but sometimes stab each other in the back. Yeah, sleep with each other's boyfriends. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I or girlfriends. I we don't, don't want to limit past them. Ficus. <laughs> or well, Curtin. Curtin, let me tell you. Curtin's got a mean streak. Yeah. It's, it's Curtin's for f- fiddle leaf. Mm. Ficus. Ficus, sorry. Yeah, Fiddle Leaf is the the younger. Fiddle Leaf is like not as noteworthy. No. They kind of keep their head down, do as they're told. Yeah, she's the Rob Kardashian. (laughs) Oh, man. No, I think my Fiddle Leaf burn is more interesting than Rob Kardashian, I will say. Yeah. Okay. More profound, at least. (sighs) Definitely. But definitely is the Mary Bennett. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? Now that you're topped up. Uh Uh-oh. I think we're going to cross-examine you. Oh, no. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. So it's been a minute since we've done true-false. Oh, okay. So we're going to go back to that. Man, those are the... mm, That's the one where you really get me. I know. (sighs) I know it is. That's why I'm doing it. I will say we've already eliminated one because I did not look at the bottle closely about putting it on ice. Because I was... (laughs) So that's out. So we are down one question. Um, So I got that one right. Yay. 
Yeah, take a sip. One, two, three. Okay. I've got six questions left. So okay. tell me what number you would want. Mm, let's do three. Okay. All right. Diane Keaton. Is has, the person we're talking about. True. Yeah, true. Okay. She has never been married famously, but she's dated a lot of high profile men. Okay. Okay. So far this tracks. This is true so far. Here's where I'm going to get into my question for you. Okay. Okay. One of the men she dated was Keanu Reeves. They were both in the movie Something's Gotta Give. So they was started he in that? So they started dating in 2005 when he was 41 and she was 60. I'm going to say true. Okay. Any reasons why? First of all, I think that once you're a certain age, like when you're in your mid 30s to into your 40s, obviously you're a fully formed person. Mm -hmm. So at that point, like I don't really care about age difference. Okay. I think it's predatory when somebody that's in their like early 20s, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, this. Your brain's still jelly. Yeah. Yeah. And Keanu Reeves is a really, really good person. And okay. I love Diane Keaton because she seems like a really good person. And so okay. I would like to think that they would be together. Okay. That, so you're, you're sticking tracks. with true. I'm going to stick with true. Yay. Yes. Celebratory oh sip. They dated briefly. Can you believe that? I can believe that actually. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you guessed it correctly. So yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I don't believe that at all, Rachel. You're starting hitting me. I'm sorry. It's not hitting. I'm just like it's a tap. vigorously tapping. <laughs> <laughs> that was number three. All right, give me another number. This is a really soft shirt, by the way. Thank you. Now you see why I wear this. <laughs> I never, I never said anything I bad about the shirt. I did my not have judgment about your outfit. Yes, you, you, you project a lot. You have called me out on my lack of style quite often. You were wearing yoga pants and a tank top. And? It was Robert Cavalli. No, I dressed up for I that I know one. you did. I'm kidding. <laughs> Okay, so next number. Okay. Six. Oh, okay, last one. She's mostly starred in live action roles. <laughs> However. I love that because it makes it sound like she's an action star. Yes. Like she, yes, she was the star of Mission Impossible 3. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's my question. Oh, my God. You got it right. Celebrate Teresa. But she has done some voiceover work. Okay. So most notably, she voiced a mannequin in the Toy Story franchise. Most this, notably? Yeah. A mannequin mm -hmm. in the Toy Story. Because mm -hmm. remember that scene where the toys get like locked in a store? But they were in a toy store. There are mannequins in toy stores, Tover. Why would there be mannequins? Kids' clothes. Oh. Okay. That tracks. All right. So that's it. Oh, false. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I know Toy Story 2. You know what? Toy Story 2. Okay. Yeah. There were a lot of dolls. Yes. And Barbies. Yeah. But the Barbie was voiced by the person who did Ariel in Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. So um, she, you can't trick me with Disney trivia. Well, tell me what role she was actually in for a bonus point. Oh, it was a Pixar movie. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Smarty man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come to me as soon as you say it. She I'm played feel like a big old dumb Dory's dumb. mom in Finding Dory. <gasps> oh, that is very recent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's pretty sweet. Nice. And who played her dad in that some, We're going to have fact checker look that actor. up. I don't know off the top of my head. Fact checker will check fact. Fact checker will check that fact. Yep. Fact okay. checker, check that, that fact. fact. Eugene Levy, yes. Oh, I love that. How did we not know that? Seriously. Oh. And also, don't you now want to watch 
a movie in which Eugene Levy and Diane Keaton. Yeah, all right. Are... I think we both need to take a sip for not knowing yeah. that. God damn, we're dumb. Mm. Yeah. He just turned 75, by the way. Oh, really? Eugene Levy. Yeah, he just had a birthday. Happy birthday. Ago. Yeah. Fantastic human Levy. being. Make a wine. Make a wine. Please. We will drink it. Yeah. Technically, all wine is fruit wine, so we should just we could pick just a random. A yeah, episode. let's just do a Shit's Creek episode. We will do it. All right. Yeah. Defense of spoken. If you insist. We hear you all cheering in the background. Do it. Do, do it. it. Do okay. it. Okay. All right. All right. You did three and six. Give me a new number. Two. Two. Okay. When she was on Broadway. Broadway. And hair. You know that hair has a nude scene. Like that's yes, the whole controversy. With okay. Merkins. Because hair. Because, well, it's not called Merkin, but you still need the hair. <laughs> she refused to get nude for the hair nude scene. Oh. Which was technically optional for the actors at that time. Okay. But she later did a nude scene in the film Something's Gotta Give when she was 57. True or false? <sighs> hmm. It's been so long since I saw that. I know that Jack Nicholson was in that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her getting, I know that there was a, like, he walked in on her naked. Nude, right. Yeah, or like the towel had dropped or something, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember if it actually showed. Full frontal. Oh, no, not full, (laughs) no, definitely not full frontal, but it would have been. But with a merkin? But my stomach keeps growling. I know. Are you hungry? (laughs) I am hungry. False. I don't think she did a nude scene in that. I was wrong. Oh, man. Yeah, she did a nude scene on that. What kind of nudity? It was, was basically it like what you described, okay. like where it's like, oh, no, and now I'm suddenly naked in front of my love interest. But it was rear nudity. I think, I think it was topless. I think it was like boobies. Oh. Fact checker will check. Fact checker. Google Diane Keaton boobies. boobies. <laughs> Sorry, Diane Keaton. <laughs> hey, listen, if you did it, then you wanted to show it. So she didn't want to get nude for the production of hair. That's fair. Which is fine because actors at that time, like, it was optional. But if you did the new scene, you got an extra 50 bucks. <laughs> Which, for 1968, was a lot of money. Okay. Why are you laughing? Because it... Would you have done it? Listen. For the $50 or not? Listen, I will get naked for free. Like, okay. I have no hang-ups about my body whatsoever. You need to say, but fact checker, out for the money. Yeah, fact checker makes me hold out for the money. And okay. it costs a lot more than 50 bucks. This is a great body. But in 1968, 50 bucks was... I'm gonna need more. I'm gonna need like five hundred dollars in nineteen sixty eight money oh God. to satisfy. You are pricey. I can't afford you. Well, this dick is really good. All right, fact checker. What luck have you had with dang full frontal? Oh damn! I was wow. right. I was joking, but I was right. And we'll post that picture on our social media. No, just kidding. We won't. Yeah, that won't get taken down. It won't. It won't get taken down. It's mm-hmm. fine. I actually think that's really awesome that yeah. she did it as a quote unquote older woman in Hollywood. You know. Yeah. And I think that that shows a lot of confidence and comfortability with herself. Yeah. To be able to do. Because she's. Maybe Kiana saw that and he was like, I'm going to date her. He's like, I want to tap that. Yeah. Something's got to give and she's got to give it to me. Oh, no. No. Was that the I've got to give it to her. <gasps> All right. Here we go. Okay. So we're looking at screenshots here. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You see it all. I mean, they're definitely like pubes and or Merkin business. Yeah. On, yeah. So. Yeah. She looks great. We're not getting into all the intricacies. Obviously, I don't think that... Did she say she was like 51 or 57. something? 57. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that that's old at all. But in Hollywood, that's... Oh, in Hollywood years. Yeah. Yeah. You're like used up at that point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You hit 30 and you're old in Hollywood yeah. years. 
All right, new number. Five. Okay. Excuse me, I had a little burp. Burpy wine. Yep. At this point, can we just admit nope. that it's us? Nope. The it's weird, the wine. Just gassy people. It's the wine. Okay, I will say I feel like this is giving me serious wine mouth. It's no, my one... you actually look fine. Really? Am I okay? <laughs> you say am I okay, then like you lick your lips excessively at me. Very seductively. Oh, no. Who's ready for their nude scene now? Is that what you do to fact checker? Um, I do a lot of things you to say, fact like, checker. Who's ready for their nude scene? Just like aggressively lick the wine off your lips. I am extremely seductive and creepy with wine uh, with wine checker. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That all tracks. Yeah. All right, here we go. So in between her early acting roles, right. She started in a series of commercials for a deodorant called Hour After Hour because it would last all day long. And she started as like, like remember that. a busy mom on the go yeah. in the 70s. True or false? I know that that's an actual deodorant. Mm-hmm. They don't make it anymore. So you're just old. <laughs> true. Yeah. True. Ah. Celebratory step. And they are on YouTube and we will watch those later. I definitely want to watch those. Yeah. You're doing really well so far. You've only gotten one wrong. Yeah. And honestly, that was against my better instincts. I should have gone with yes. Okay. Well, what number do you want now? That was five, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're going to do one. Okay. So you brought up Michael Keaton. Yes. And you asked if there's any relationship or like relation. Relation. Okay. Yeah. They are relation. not related, but they briefly dated. <sighs> It'd be hotter if they were related. Keaton and Keaton because they were both in the film Mr. Mom where he plays... The dad who gets fired and, like, stays at home to raise the kids while she, like, gets a promotion and she's, like, the busy mom on the go. I forgot. She was the mom in that? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that movie in so long. That was, like, mm-hmm. late it was, like, 80s. like, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tell me, is that true or so false? So, if, if they were in a relationship, false. It is false. And she wasn't in Mr. Mom. I was going to say, I thought that was, um, <laughs> was it Terry Garr that was in that? I'm pretty sure. If I, I think it was Terry Garr. Yeah. But I totally, yeah. you, you did a good job though, because I was actually rewriting the movie in my head. Like I was seeing Diane <laughs> and I was encouraging in that role. Because can't you see, because it's so much like oh, baby yeah. boom. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's like a busy Such career a woman movie. gets a baby. Oh no. Fucking What's she going to do now? In baby fairness. Baby briefcase. Which one do I pick? In fairness, I love that they did not do the trope where it's busy career woman on the go, finds out she's pregnant and has a dilemma and then decides <clears throat> no. to keep the baby and has to adjust to that. It's like. Oh shit, my sister died in a tragic Now I've got accident. this baby. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. also is like a surprisingly used trope in movies. Mm. Yeah, they'll kill people off. And you just inherit a baby and you're like, oh no, what do I do? You want to hear story time? Yes. Okay. So. And you've got one more after this, but yes, let's okay. take a story break. So I worked at Houston's West Paces mm-hmm. right here in Atlanta in my early 20s. And there was this girl, she was the oh, most- baby tragic figure I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. So she starts working for us. She lost her parents mm. in a car accident, I want to say, right before she started working. Like mm-hmm. she ended up basically having to leave during training mm-hmm. to go to the funeral for her parents. Jeez, yeah. Awful. Meanwhile, her sister and brother-in-law with their two kids live in France, right? Okay. So she's working and a month into her working there, she finds out that her sister and brother-in-law have died in a horrible car accident. And she's now the guardian for her small niece and nephew. And she's like this girl who's like 20, 
Like, what the fuck? She works yeah. in a restaurant. She's going to college. What are you supposed to do? So she's supposed to fly out to Paris mm-hmm. and deal with the will and estate shit, right? So the night before she's leaving, I'm like doing something in the service station. I just hear this horrible hissing noise. And then this small, somebody please help me. They had put the espresso machine on the shelf at eye level, which mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do. And she was making espresso for somebody and it wasn't properly sealed when she put the thing up there and it shot the scalding water straight into her eyes. She had third degree burns all the way across her face the night before she's supposed to go to Paris to like take care of this shit with her dead sister and bring back her niece and nephew that she's now got sole uptown girl guardianship for. Oh no. Yeah. Is she okay? No. And... Like, what happened? She had to go to the hospital. And our manager at the time, who was a fucking douchebag, he's the one who, I'm not clear whether he fired me or I quit because he was such a fucking douchebag. As she was going out through the front to, like, get in her ride to go to the hospital, he, like, grabs her and turns her around and he goes, "Uh uh-uh, not through the front, you leave through the back. Nobody wants to see that shit. (gasps) No, sir. Yes. Oh, they kicked him in the nuts. Yes. Mm -mm. I'm just standing there like, what is happening? But yeah. Such a tragic figure. Do I don't, you know what happened? Is I don't know because right? she, she never came back. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't either. I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. So I have no idea what <sighs> happened to her after that. But man. If you're listening and that's you. And that's you. Please, did you break the generational curse? Like, I hope what? so. Oh, man. Sorry. Yeah. Please Let's take a drink after that. Yeah. Let us know if you're okay. Anyway, lighthearted story time is over. Let's get back to question the stories four. stories are awful, Tipper. I'm sorry. All right. I think we're on the last one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Diane Keaton has done some directorial work. Oh, I can see that. Oddly enough, on TV shows. Interesting, I didn't see that. Because, you know, like, different directors will direct different episodes. Yeah. Okay. Okay, thank you. Okay. She did a big show in the 90s. She directed one episode of it, and it was Seinfeld. Oh, this is difficult, because... I can totally see that. Okay, tell me why. She just gives me that New Yorker through and through kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. And obviously that show is just New York through and through. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, it seems a little too on the nose. Okay. So you could have made it up. I could have. But did you? I don't know. But you do know. I do. But I refuse to say until you make a choice. Mm, This is so hard. I know. I'm glad you picked this last. I'm gonna say no. False. False. It's false. She didn't do it. Did she do it? Take a drink. You're right. Oh, my God. Celebratory sip. Tell me what show she really did direct an episode of in the 90s. Friends. Nope. It's not a comedy. Nope. Not sci-fi. My Little Pony. Not animated. I don't think you're going to get it. Fact checker may know it. No, but good guess. He said 30 something. Oh, um, 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 sister, sister. <laughs> no, it wasn't on uh, ABC or TJF or whatever. I think that was Nickelodeon. I don't know. No, it wasn't. She directed an episode of Twin Peaks. Oh, which I've never seen. Okay. It's but weird. With, um, with what's his face? What's David his name? Lynch. Or Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin, okay, yeah. Who McLaughlin. also has a wine, by the way. <gasps> we need to drink his wine. We can do a Twin Peaks episode for sure. Oh, we can. And yeah. Sex and the City. Yes, of mm-hmm. course. Trey. And Desperate Dune. Housewives. And Dune, and yes. Dune. He's done it all. What he can't has, Kyle McLaughlin do? What can't do? he do? 
what can't he do, right? I love, though, that in Desperate Housewives, he basically plays just a more sinister version of his character in Sex and the City, mm-hmm. where he's an overprivileged white dude with yeah. the trophy wife kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, in Portlandia. He plays the mayor in oh, Portlandia. Okay. Yeah. I've only seen a few episodes of that. Oh, he's great as the mayor. I think that's his best role. Really? <laughs> honestly, I will go Because I'm sure it is that. because he's probably playing like, like a caricature of himself. It's just like, re- well, the whole show is like weird yeah. and quirky. Yeah, yeah. 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 So Diane Keaton did an episode. She directed an episode of Twin Peaks. And when she was interviewed about it, people were asking like, well, was David Lynch like really controlling? And she was like, nope. He just basically said, go in and do my thing. And I did. So that was that. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Good for her. You did surprisingly well five out of six right nope four oh four, five okay five, you got the last one thank whatever. you thank you Congrats. fact checker so that's like a 99 percent. yes that's how percentages work yeah <laughs> yeah she did some kind of fun wild things that's really cool i so i would like to know from you okay what your favorite diane keaton role is first wives club yeah for sure yeah and that was her most commercially successful film well too. By the way. Like trio powerhouse there. Bette Midler, Goldie Hawn, Diane Keene, can't go wrong. Yeah. And then even the male cast were big stars during mm-hmm. that they time were, yeah. as well. I love Elizabeth, is it Berkeley? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I love her role in that. It's like mm-hmm. the young ingenue who turns out to be underage. Spoiler alert. For um, a movie that came out in 1996. Listen, <laughs> I don't know the lives of our listenership. <laughs> I think they were around in 96. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that they were. Yeah, that's a fantastic movie just all around. Yeah. It's so great. Obviously, I love any female-driven cast. Mm-hmm. I love a female-driven cast that's an empowerment thing. Yes. I love a revenge story yes. against the patriarchy. Yes. And that came out around the same time as She-Devil. Have you ever seen that with Meryl Streep and Roseanne Barr? No. Roseanne Barr plays this very plain she's actually they they ugly her up like they put moles and stuff on her Mm -hmm. and like you know all of this stuff and she's a very demure housewife with a very ambitious businessman husband they live Mm -hmm. in the suburbs have a couple of kids and she's trying her best Mm -hmm. and just doing everything she can to please her husband and he's showing no interest Mm -hmm. and then he ends up leaving her for Meryl Streep who is playing like a Danielle Steele romance novelist and lives in like a pink mansion and like all this shit. Mm -hmm. And so she basically decides to have a revenge plot like Goldie Hawn in Death Becomes Her. I was going to say, it sounds a lot like Death Becomes Her. Yes. And so she starts this business basically that is to empower women Nice. Kind of like they do at the end of First Wives Club mm-hmm. to like get back at their husbands and like, let's make you more successful than your husbands were. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's it's really, really fun. I'll have to watch it, even though I don't like Roseanne. Oh, really? Well, I mean. Well, Roseanne she, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But back, man, back then, though, I was all about Roseanne. She was, oh, yeah. I wanted her to be my mom. Did you? I did. Oh. I loved the show Roseanne and like the way that they would all talk sarcastically, but they loved each other so much and you mm-hmm. could see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Diane Keaton. Mm-hmm. What other? Well, okay. Let me back up for a second. She's. Can I have some more wine? No. Oh. It's mine. Oh no. My wine. Is it opening up for you? I can't say. Fair. I'm getting a lot more of like chocolate notes to it now. Oh, okay. Chocolate covered cherries and raspberries. Raspberries. I do like a good chocolate covered cherry. Mm-hmm. Just you know, for Fact future. Would you like to try it? 
future secret Santas around our podcast office. <laughs> the two Just, of us exchange. You're like, I wonder who got it for me. <laughs> I got Rachel again, and she's impossible to shop for. I can see the chocolate. I don't taste it, but I can see you can where see you it. I You're can... about to slosh all over your boobs, by the way. And it won't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Call me old sloshy boobs. Would that be like a ruby necklace? Yes. That's what I call it when I spill wine on myself. Oh, I just gave myself a ruby necklace. Oh, no. That sounds dirty. I take that back. That's exactly where I intended it to go. Topher, God damn you. Your dirty mind. Oh. What were we talking about? Diane Keaton. Yes. You were going to ask me something. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's done a lot of movies with Woody Allen. She's also done a lot of other movies with another very well-known director, Nancy Myers. Yes, famous Nancy Myers. Who you know I Nancy know Myers. You know Nancy Myers. Okay, so Baby Boom was okay. Nancy Myers. Yeah. Father of the Bride. Oh, I didn't realize that was yeah. the same director. Father of the Bride Part 2. Also. And Something's Gotta about, Give. Oh, okay. Yeah. Father of the Bride Part 2 mm-hmm. is one of the rare instances where the sequel is every bit as is good. Is just as good, yeah. Every bit as good. Yeah. Nancy Myers also directed The Holiday. Oh, I love The Holiday. Love. I just watched that recently. Did you? Yes. It's so sweet. It's funny because I've seen that movie a million times, mm-hmm. right? We've talked about my love for... Both Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz. Yes. And then, of course, Jude Law and Jack Black. Yeah. Like, amazing. Perfect cast. Perfect cast. Kate Winslet plays such a good person in that. I like, know. her relationship with the old Jewish man down the street. And It's adorable. Okay, so I have to tell you, I had never seen it until recently. My boyfriend and I watched it. Oh, my God. You just watched it for the first time? Yes. So we watched it. Did a couple- you cry? No, but it was really sweet and endearing. And so we watched it. And I asked him, okay, if he had to be one character in this movie, who would you be? And he's like, uh, I'd be the old guy. <laughs> I thought he was going to say Jack tracks. Black because that's yeah. kind of more of his personality. It is more of his personality. But I love that he said the old guy because that's also very much his personality. Yeah, that's too. really cute. <laughs> Which character would you be? Um, Cameron Diaz. I would actually be Kate Winslet, but I would not spend that long getting over that asshole ex slash mm. boss person. I don't know. They have a fucked up relationship. They have a weird relationship. But she has an adorable cottage. Yes. And those nieces are super cute. So I would take them as nieces. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. They seem a little bit. Too twee and precocious for you. Yes. Twee is exactly like what Like they I was might thinking. murder you on something? No, not that. But like, like Uncle. You have opinions, and I don't then. need opinions from children. Okay. What do you need from children? To be seen and not heard. Oh, okay. Like Puritan rules. Yep. Yes. No, I'm not going to cheers on that. You are. Force cheers. Oh, no. <laughs> Damn it. No, that's not true. I cute kids are really adorable. Obnoxious kids. Mm-mm. Yeah, take them away. I think that like for a while we went through this period as a society of being like precocious children are so adorable, but we were just encouraging them to be precocious. Okay. Now I'm seeing like really great parenting from like TikTok. friends of mine. <laughs> no, I'm not on that kind of TikTok. <laughs> from friends of mine and my sibling, where it's like yeah. I'm fostering independence and like curiosity and things like that, You're but right. I'm also fostering like respect for other people's right. conversations and, and like don't interrupt right. and things like that. I hate being around parents where it's like, oh my God, everything my child does is adorable. No, no, and no. And I'm like, I'm trying to have true. a conversation with you. Your child just barges in and then I'm expected to just give my undivided attention to this small person when we were talking about the fact that my marriage is falling apart. Like, <gasps> it's not. Jeffrey, why are you telling that to small children? <laughs> I'm not. And that's the problem. I don't want to have this conversation. Like, tofu 
an issue marriage falling apart? No, but your parents' marriages, and you're going to be a <laughs> child of divorce, and you're going to have to split your time. And guess what? You're going to have a new mom who's going to hate you. Oh, no. That's how I feel. That's what I want to do when <laughs> children do things like so that. So I hear Parent of the Year awards in your future. <laughs> just to clarify, neither of us have children. So one of my really little good friends. Little and little ficus are just imaginary. Don't worry. <laughs> one of my really good friends who <laughs> listens to this podcast regularly, uh -huh. she and I were texting recently and she was dealing with some things with her 13-year-old daughter. Uh -huh. And they were having a moment, you know. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And her daughter had a band recital that night that uh -huh. she had to get dressed up for. And she texts me and she was like, so is it bad that on the way out the door to her recital, I looked at my daughter and said, well... You may act like a trashy bitch, but at least you don't look like one tonight. <laughs> and I laughed and I texted her back and I was like, you're asking the wrong person because I would have no problem looking at a small child and saying, you're a fucking cunt, aren't you? Oh, no, Jeffrey, you can't say that to a child. Why not? If they are being a fucking cunt, then they should know it. They should do better. Constructive <laughs> criticism is constructive criticism. Okay, so if you had a child, would be like, all right, sit down. I've got notes for you. Yes, I Note would. Note one. Note one. You are needy as fuck. And I'm going to need you to realize that not learn, everything learn revolves around walk. you. <laughs> I'm tired of literally carrying your I literally everywhere. have to feed you. Like, and feed you. Grow up. The only two. The only person in this household <laughs> who gets hand fed is my dog. I thought you were going to say you. You're going to well, like fat or peel grapes and like He feed. does. He does. Well, not. He doesn't peel them. You get your nutrients from the grape skins. Okay. No, you separate them. So you, <laughs> you just eat the peels by themselves. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you, like a weird do, you stuff, creep. do you stuff the peels with feta cheese or something? No, you just throw them all into your mouth at once. Actually, we could probably make a lot of money if we did like a great peel grape peels at people's grape, mouth. No, like grape peel um, face masks. Oh my or God. Yes. Fool people into being it's like. It's wine for your face. Let's think of all the different vegetables <laughs> that you peel and we can just be like, oh, this is the nutrients. Are, okay, and, we're trademarking this. Yes. So don't steal it, you butthole. Because instead there. of throwing them out or putting them down the garbage disposal, mm -mm. we'll just package them up and be like, here's oh, your potato skin. skin peel. Yes, yes. exactly. It's oh, good for you. Oh, we can do it all. We'll have a line of fruits and vegetables. Yes. No one steal this. No one steal this, please. This is our multi-billion dollar idea that we will not follow through on, but That's we are right. trademarking it. Yeah. Next thing you know, Kim Kardashian's going to be on some talk show being like, I look so fresh because I put these special potato skins from the podcast by Rachel and Topher all over <gasps> my face. Thank you for giving me top billing, finally. <laughs> oh, I will come first on this. Well, and then I sue Kim Kardashian because she gave you top billing. And I'm like, she wears flannel. <gasps> Rude. Look at your pants, sir. These are tartan. Is this not his flannel, not the poor man's tartan? <laughs> it's the lesbian tartan. I do kind of dress. Yeah. The, it, tendencies. Not, not to go into stereotypes. Tendencies. But I do like a good flannel when it's yeah, chilly and, out. And not to go into stereotypes. I, as a gay man, I'm wearing houndstooth right now. So a silk houndstooth shirt. <laughs> I love the black and white combo. It is very Diane Keaton of you. Thank you. She likes a good neutral. Yeah, I was going for that initially, and then I thought it was going to be really cold, and so I put my big sequin mm -hmm. sweater you on. You misjudged. And I did misjudge, and yeah. I was over here sweating my ass off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about Diane Keaton's fashion. Yes. For a second. Yes, let's. Her favorite color to wear is white. Yes. Which contradicts the red wine in the ice, because that's mm. going to slosh you, or at least me. 
I think that's more of a, a I think that's person. more of a you you issue. <laughs> okay, I'm just a mess. I will say though, I'm the same way because I don't own anything that is solely white. I've always wanted to have like that really nice pair of white jeans mm-hmm. and like a white cashmere nope. sweater. I no. can't do that. No, that's why I mostly wear black. Yeah. Because if you spill, who's going to see? Also, I'm that kind of person that if I wore white jeans, I would sit down one time on the wrong thing and then forever I'm going to have a smudged ass. Yeah. You know? But what if you did like really cute and it's like a sassy little handprint on your white I would love a sassy little handprint. Yeah. That'd be, or maybe more of a sassy big handprint. Like I don't want like a child's handprint. No, a tiny doll hand. Okay, that would actually be really cute. It look like a doll candle if you just like pinched your butt very I sassily. Would, I would actually love that because of the weird questions that it would raise for the people around me. Yep. Like, what just happened? Now I really want to buy a pair of white jeans and do that for you. Same. <laughs> or you can do it for us. Yes, please fax us white jeans with doll handprints on them. Yep, thank you. In, in awkward places. Oh, it has to be an awkward place. Yeah. Like it's kind of going towards the crotch, but not quite there. Well, Where it's like they hesitate at the last second. Like, should I make the move? Oh, no, I'm too nervous. And so they don't make it. Now we're getting into a different area. That's fine. Don't judge me in my doll hand jeans areas. <laughs> I didn't realize that your family had doll's hand jeans. Is that a passed down trait? Yes, or... I'm so delicate. <laughs> I actually have very large hands for a lady. And it's I have large bone structure. Mm. Like my wrists and ankles and feet and hands are big. Are you saying that you're big boned? Yes. That's something that my. And that's not as a euphemism because even when I was like really, really skinny, I still have like a large frame. My aunt used to always say when she was like yo-yoing with her weight mm-hmm. um, that she would always do that Southern thing of like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm big not boned. I'm big boned. And I'm like, it's completely fine to just but be also exactly like, who you are. Let's recognize you have different bone structures. There is a larger, people. there is a larger skeletal structure yes. that happens. However, I just have a large skeleton. <laughs> I can't help it. However, you can't say like my bones are exponentially <laughs> thicker. Than, yeah, That's you're not a not dinosaur. What you mean when you say you have big bones, Topher, you don't mean your bones themselves are larger. That's what she was saying. No, that she is meant she had a bigger frame. No, she didn't mean that because she, she is a petite person. Who just was also. Okay, well, then she didn't understand the phrase, I'm big boned. I think it maybe it just means something different. You know what? We'll let the archaeologists decide this. You know what? Time scientists, get on that. <laughs> One day when we're all dead, compare skeletons and declare he's right. Oh my God. Speaking of which, I saw this fantastic thing the other day that was saying, I hope that once humanity dies out and goes uh-huh. extinct, that when the aliens come and invade Earth. Mm-hmm. Misinterpret um, everything, please. Yes, misinterpret yep. everything. See all the signs that say Jesus is coming <gasps> and view it as a threat. And oh, that yeah. the reason that we're gone is because Jesus ate us all. Why is he cannibal? I mean, we've been no, doing like, it No, like Jesus is some kind of like, like of monster, years. like Godzilla monster. He, and he came and he ate us all. And all those signs that say Jesus is coming is the warning. Like, it's oh, like, no. oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I think some people do mean it as a warning. They like, do. Oh, They're like, no. repent. Jesus get, is coming. Get your life together. Yeah. I did see, because I, I belong to a bunch of ex-evangelical TikTok I was say Jesus things. cannibal groups. <laughs> I mean, basically. Yeah. It was answering someone's comment on one of their other videos about your face when Jesus comes back mm-hmm. and you're cast into hell. Mm. And this person responded brilliantly because they were like, so... 
What would your face be like when I'm cast into the deepest part of hell and you hear the screams of me being tortured? What would your face be like mm-hmm. with all of your your friends who never chose Jesus and they're being, you can hear them being tortured. They're mm-hmm. screaming mm-hmm. out in pain and agony. Would your face be a smile? Because my face would look the same whether I'm serving that God or the one being tortured. I understand that. However, I think a lot of those people be like, mm-hmm, you got what you deserved. I have a very smug face. Yeah, that, and that's what they were calling out is you have a problem if you're rejoicing or being smug when other you're hearing right. other people being tortured. Yeah. Anyway, Diane Keaton. Let's talk about her religious beliefs. I thought we were talking about her fashion. Okay. (laughs) Isn't it it all the same? No. Well. No. All right. So her fashion, yeah, she's very well known for still kind of dressing in that menswear. She loves a good tinted lens. She does. Which I wish she would update. That's my one criticism of hers. I really don't Mm. like a tinted lens. It's I really don't care for it. Have sunglasses or regular glasses. No in between. No transitional lenses? Nope. You don't, you're So you're anti-trans lens? Anti-trans lenses, yes. So you're a slurf? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I don't want to come out. But come on. She she said it, listeners. She said it. You've got two options for eyewear. Okay, wow. So me. eyewear is not is not on a... No, like, let, me, let me backtrack. You've got many options. When your eyeballs yeah, are think, great, congrats on having perfect eyesight. I think that eyewear can be binary. To, well, non-binary. Bifocal. Sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can wear contacts, which fine. Yeah. You can wear glasses. You can wear sunglasses and or prescription sunglasses. I don't like a transition lens. I really don't. And it's an irrational hatred of something that affects me in no yeah, way, shape, or form. Yeah, it does sound like you're trans lens phobic. I am. Look, last year when I started dating again, that was like one of my no-nos. I was like, no trans lenses. No trans lenses. (laughs) Stop it. It was. Stop it. No yellow cars. Yeah, that's fair. How do you feel about. And no trans lenses. When I went on a date with a guy who had trans lenses, it was like bad start. And then like it went downhill from there. How do you feel about those things that you put on your, the. Mm -mm. The stems of your sunglasses to keep it like it's like a lanyard. Douchebag. What is that called? Douchebag. There's a name for it, though. Douchebag. Yeah. No, those guys are douches. I'm saying beyond, like, eliminating, like, all those guys from, like, my dating pool. Yeah. Is there a filter for that on the dating profiles? (laughs) Not on Bumble, at least. Yeah. Other than being like, nope, and swiping away. Well, it upsets (laughs) me to find out that you're so anti-trans lens. Yeah. Look, trans people, go for it. Live your life. I support you. But don't try and be a lens. But don't. Turn yourself into eyewear that can go from bright to dark because I will not support that. If you transfigure into eyewear. I do support transfiguration, but be sunglasses or be regular glasses. That's it. I will say as somebody who now is almost exclusively, well, is exclusively wearing glasses instead of contacts. I really do appreciate the transitional lens situation. No, no. I like to hang out by the pool, and I don't want to have so to carry around two pairs of glasses all the time. Twice the opportunity to look lovely. He's thinking about it now. He hadn't considered that before. You do make a good point. I do make a good point. My- so if you would like to buy me some Cartier prescription sunglasses. Mm, no, we'll go with Well, that. then I have to go with... <laughs> <laughs> That's where my glasses come from. Are there any other Diane Keaton fashion choices that you do not like? 
No, that's it. Can you top me off? Okay. That's my one beef with Diane Keaton. Okay. That's an interesting beef, but it's fair because it's yours. Well, and I think, and she hasn't said this as far as I know, but she has said in interviews that she doesn't like her face. Which I think is really sad. That is really sad. I love her face. Me too. So I Dang, wonder. I love your face. I wonder if the transitional darker lenses is like kind of to hide her face. That's just speculation. That's an psychological speculation. I am an unlicensed English major. So. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, you're a licensed English major. Am I you licensed? Do, you do have a diploma. I do have a diploma. So that would make you licensed but as an English major. They refuse to give me a license, so. Make of that what you will. She's had the same haircut for she's or like variations variation. on the same. It's usually like shoulder to slightly below yeah. shoulder length. And I love that because she knows what works for her. And, she and she's very anti-plastic surgery. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. like, like in general or just for herself? For herself. I don't think she's ever said anything judgmental about other people. I don't feel like she would judge other no, people. No, no, no. But she has said like, I'm going to get older. What's the point in trying to do plastic surgery? Because I am going to age and people right. are going to know I'm going to age like. Why? Why would I do that? She looks yeah. great. She does look great. She looks fantastic. She looks fantastic. And I love that she has this style that is super, honestly, like very covered up, mm -hmm. but is still like very fun and quirky. Yes. And like she doesn't give a shit about what age appropriate or not. Yeah. Yeah. She's a very fun dresser, even though she, she does. She wear like bedazzled baseball caps and like sneakers and like tutus and stuff. Oh my God. Love Along that. with like a belt. She loves a good belt. Oh, jacket, she does. Yeah. Which is a great look for her. Yeah. If she yeah. was my mom, she and I would be sharing clothes so much. Oh, you would steal them. So, you would share them. Yeah, you that's steal. true. Yeah. I would. I'd be that mid-30s bratty teenager who's just like, this is mine now. How are you a mid-30s teenager? Topher, explain how age works. I'm not a time scientist. <laughs> I can't tell you how this works. That's for the time scientist to figure out. That's, yeah. I also love that... Kind of like Blythe Danner, mm -hmm. she has really embraced the fact that, like, my hair will age. And so she was one of the yeah. first actresses to do, or, like, first major celebrities to go natural. Now, I'm sure that she, you know, I'm she sure. takes care of her hair oh, and everything. Oh, of course. Like, she but has stylists. Yeah. And... But she's fine with being, like, gray and, yeah. and going with, and I think that actually is part of what keeps her looking young. young. Yeah. And people Honestly, don't realize that. Yeah. Like when I think of Diane Keaton, I think of her as more kind of like middle age to slightly mm -hmm. older, but kind of more towards the middle age. Like seeing young Diane She's Keaton kind of throws me off. like mid forties to mid fifties for like three decades. Right. Like I think of her as like 40 to 60 in my mind all the time. So yeah. when I'm like, oh, she's. You know, in her mid-70s, I'm like, wait a second, is she? But I'm like, oh, yeah, she is. Yeah. I mean, think about when Father of the Bride came out. That was, what, oh, like, mid-90s? Father of the Bride. Okay. So the first Father of the Bride came out in 1991, and Part 2 came out in 1995. Yeah. Those were such sweet movies. And can we talk about how Martin Short... <gasps> completely stole the show. Yeah, his Martin Short character. always steals the show. Me and my siblings still constantly quote to each other in appropriate situations. Every party has a pooper. That's why we invited you. Okay, I have a little anecdote about, not my anecdote, but my aunt's anecdote about Martin Short. Your aunt yes. knows Martin Short? Well, she ran into him at a restaurant. Like physically? Yes. She punched him in the face. Oh, no. No, no just kidding. Oh, no. I got aggressive. <laughs> I almost knocked over a recording equipment. So recently I was up visiting my family for Thanksgiving and we were sitting down and we were talking and somehow Martin Short came up because of course. Because of course. <laughs> he always comes up. He's a hot topic. Um, he is a hot topic. I know. He came up that my 
aunt had taken my grandmother, who's over 100, out to lunch. Snaps to grandma. I know. And they were like eating lunch. It was like a long, like. Yeah, leisurely lunch. Leisurely lunch, right. And Martin Short had a table reservation like near them and was trying to get around and like kind of was a little bit snippy to my aunt. Like, can you move her wheelchair about like my grandma's wheelchair? In so Martin Short, how dare you? In fairness to Martin Short, no. his tone is just that. Is it? He has, yes, he has a snippy tone. I think naturally. he needs to come on this podcast and apologize. I agree with that, if that's what gets him on this podcast. Yes, you owe it to us, Martin Short. And bring the wine grandma. that you are now drinking. going to make. And or drinking. Just bring or, a wine. Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. And bring a hostess gift. Yeah. I'll take it. Hostess gift. Yes. So he was snippy. With yeah, he was a little snippy. You know, as somebody I do who, love Martin Short. Yeah. I have a very soft spot for Martin Short. I am going to come to his defense. Okay. In two ways. First, by saying that he does have a tone that can be interpreted as snippy. He does. Especially if he's in a hurry or something. Yeah. I can see how that would come across. And he probably didn't mean anything malicious at all. But also, having worked in restaurants that have a lot of celebrities coming through, speaking of Father of the Bride again, mm -hmm. Steve Martin came in <gasps> and we had somebody leave a bad review about the restaurant because Steve Martin was, quote unquote, rude to them. No. It wasn't. Mm -mm. He wasn't even rude to them. He showed up. He got finished with filming much later than his reservation, and his family was all there waiting for him. Mm. And so he felt stressed out. He was sure. there. Yeah, there's a whole, like, thing happening. These sure. people have lives just like we do, and you yeah. you just assume they're supposed to perform for you. And some Well, people, for us. Yeah. Okay. But some people, like, came up to him and were asking him for, like, photos. No, and he's he was, trying to eat dinner. And he said, I'm just trying to eat dinner with my family right now. And they like talked about how rude that was. And I'm like, that's not rude. And he no. didn't say it in a rude way. He did say it in kind of a like a, a firm, a firm like, way. That's, yeah, because yeah. he doesn't want to be taken advantage of. He's a human being who's here to just eat a fancy eat dinner with his family. With his family after having a like a really like probably right. a 12 hour day of filming something. Right. Leave the guy alone. Leave yeah. all Steve Martin, Martin so, Shorts alone. I am just saying that Martin Short might have just been in a moment where he wasn't thinking about that kind of thing. Like, they can't be expected he, to perform all the time. You know, he was talking to a famous podcaster's aunt and grandmother. Okay, that's fine. I will allow but him that one but, but he misstep. Didn't, he didn't know life. that. He didn't know. Yeah. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. He no. would know us, but he didn't know them. He didn't know them because they've yeah. not been on the podcast. Right. Correct. Right. <laughs> but I do I do have a very soft spot for Martin Troy and Steve Martin. Yes, and that... Show only murders in the building. <gasps> yes, fantastic, phenomenal. phenomenal. Love it. Okay, what else do you want to know about Diane Keaton as we wrap up? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's my turn to have a belchy wine. Okay. What do you have to tell me? Well, we know she's never been married. Yes. She, does she have any kids? She does have kids. I'm glad you asked. So she decided after her father passed away, when she's already in her fifties, that she wanted to have a family. Wow, in her fifties. So she adopted two children. That's great. Dexter and Duke. It makes it extra brave that she did a nude scene after birthing adopted children. Birthing adopted children, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dexter and Duke. So she adopted her Dexter daughter. Dexter Keaton and Duke Keaton. Mm -hmm. Okay, I am going to say something. Okay. Those sound like dog names. Dexter and Duke. They kind of do. And like I the agree, fact that she adopted them is kind of like. 
I yeah, we could kind of rag on her name choice a little bit. I have bit. thoughts. <laughs> but they both seem like really well adjusted people. That's good. So her so, daughter Dexter, she adopted. Wait, it's a daughter sex. named Dexter? Mm-hmm. Does that change your stance on the dog name at all? No, no it's, it's still, still a, a it's still a dog name, mm-hmm. but it is a really cool girl name. They call her Dexie. Yes, they do. Yeah, it's That's cute. awesome. Actually, I would love to have a daughter named Dex. Okay, so we're throwing out Curtin. Maybe it's the middle name, Curtin Dexter. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, so her daughter Dexter, she adopted in 1996, and then her son Duke, she adopted in 2001. Okay. And she said, like, she's loved being a mom and, like, raising them and, like, her the death of her father. Oh, no. It's the wine. The death of her father made her realize how we're all mortal and we'll die someday. So right. she wanted to adopt kids she and like have, have that like experience a, yeah. of like having a family. Were on they her babies own. when she adopted? They were both them? young, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not from what I read, like not newborn, so like a few months old mm-hmm. when she adopted. So pretty much I think she's been their mother their whole life from what they can recall. So one of the things that I've always respected about Diane Keaton is mm-hmm. the fact that she stays completely out of the tabloids. There's never, oh, yeah. that's why I don't really know anything about her life is oh, that yeah. I've never seen any headlines, you know, there's mm-hmm. never anything out there. And I love to find out now that mm-hmm. she adopted these two children. And I'm just now finding out as a huge Diane Keaton fan yeah. that she adopted these two children. She's not, sorry, Angelina. She's not doing the Angelina Jolie thing yep. of like, not sorry, I'm, Angelina, I'm not parading them around. Yeah. No, they both seem like super well adjusted, not like Hollywood bratty kind of children, which I think is kind of a stereotype that we often go to. Mm-hmm. It sounds like she adopted them for very, very good personal reasons mm-hmm. and wanted to give them a really, really good and by good life, I don't mean like rich life, although no, I'm like sure they're loving. benefiting from that. But yeah, yeah, a loving, full life. Yeah. And they're benefiting from that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. She's never married. We've talked about that. But she has had another very high profile relationship, which we haven't talked about. Alec Baldwin. No. Oh, no. He's a mess. We can okay. talk about him later. Warren Beatty. Oh, Yeah. They dated in the 70s and 80s. They were in a film together called Red, which was about the Russian Revolution. Hmm. It was based on like some real people. Wait, Diane Keaton's in a Russian period piece? Yes. She doesn't play a Russian. Okay. I don't know why I got so forceful with my notes. but She does not play a Russian. Diane Keaton is not a communist. (laughs) Let's go on the record. She plays a, an American woman who... American woman. Yeah. Who was in the Lenny Kravitz song. Oh, no, wait. Lenny Kravitz... I was like, really? ...covered it. Jimi Hendrix originally. Thank you. Fact checker gave me a look like, you dummy. But Lenny Kravitz did cover it. I'm not wrong about that, okay? That was how I first heard it in the 90s. <laughs> I think we need to deliver a verdict soon. All right, let's just... Fuck it. Let's do it. All right. All right. Let's take a little sip and think. Yes. Let's uh, deliberate. Oh, mm-hmm. in our chambers. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I need another step to think. Yeah, me too. Okay, you ready? <coughs> <laughs> Sorry. That doesn't bode well for your verdict. I breathed in when I shouldn't have. <clears throat> okay. All right, ready? Are we counting or just saying? No, we're counting, obviously. I'm sorry, like all real courtrooms will count down. Yes, why okay. don't they do that? Three, two, one. Not guilty. Guilty. No. Because of the ice. You, that's. Mm, she put it on the bottle. I declare a mistrial. <gasps> Judge Topher. Yes. <laughs> I love the audible gasp from your stomach too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I keep my, I'm sorry if my stomach's growling. 
I think this is a delightful wine. I it's, really like it. She really it. wanted an, an unpretentious wine. But don't put it on ice. That's part, bad. Of, the, that's part of the unpretentious thing. No, that's listen. That's a bad choice. Don't do that. Listen, as the wine expert <laughs> here, I've said this before. I'm going to reiterate it. This is all about how you want to enjoy your own wine. No, because you make fun of me for enjoying wine how I want. That's not true. I make fun of you for saying that wine tastes like grapes. And that's how I want to enjoy it. That's not. I'm going to hit you about to hit me. He really is very close to hitting me. No, I think that you should be able to enjoy your wine however you want to. If Diane Keaton wants to enjoy her wine over ice, Only Diane Keaton can. Yeah. Can we agree on that? Honestly, and don't be a person who puts ice cubes in your Chardonnay. Just don't. Mm -mm. I have specific thoughts about you. And it's also kind of how I referred to a child earlier. So just you do the math there. <laughs> that goes against your enjoy. I've always said enjoy the wine how you want. Except for that. Statement. You pretend. To I will like do anything so? for love, but I will not do that. All right, Meatloaf. All right. That's it for us. <laughs> Ciao. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Cheers. <laughs>